following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Kevin at Comics. I'm your host, John Clark, and it is that time of year again. Just like some people wait for Christmas and some people wait for Easter because they're religious. Uh, one of the things we love to do every year is talk about Halloween in October. Some years we've done it every single week, and now we've had other things go on, so we're at the end of the month. And as just like every year, I spend all October trying to watch horror movies I've never seen before that I've heard of, whether they are good or bad. And every year, I turn to my horror expert, uh, <laughs> somebody that I've known for about, God, almost 40 years. 40 years. Uh, Howie Weingarten is here. Hey. How are you, How? How you doing, Jenny? I'm all right. Uh, how are you getting over a three-week cold? I'm on two hours of sleep. Let's put on a show. <laughs> going to be great. Excuse me while I hawk up a lung. <laughs> so uh, we were going to be focused this week. Um, one of the I always end up falling down a rabbit hole because I'm a I'm I'm a franchise whore. So if <laughs> I like the first movie, I will see every single sequel. <laughs> Wishmaster. Yes, Wishmaster. The only one I bailed on was Hellraiser. Wow! Because Hellraiser just they all I didn't like any of them that much, and they went direct to DVD. <laughs> uh, but but it's bad. But yeah, uh, I, I can see you bail. That's that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I went. I went in two paths. One one was better than I thought. Yes. One was worse than I thought. Oh. Which path do you want to go down, good or bad? You know what? Let's go down the good path first. Okay. So um, I started going down a Vincent Price rabbit hole, which is always rewarding. And, you know, there, he's it's, had yeah. so many films that you can always find more. Yep. And uh, nice. I, start, I started to fall down the Edgar Allan Poe, Roger Corman run. Ooh, and, you know, you hear Roger Corman and you think – well, this isn't going to be any good. Like when I hear Roger Corman, I think he gets that. He gets that rep. Yeah, I think Little Shop of Horrors. I think uh, the unreleased Fantastic Four movie. There's a humanoids from the deep that he produced. He didn't direct it, but it's it's bad. It's <laughs> I've heard of humanoids from the deep. I never saw it, so I was like, "Well, I'll just watch this for Vincent Price, and it's going to be awful." Yes, and I I watched Fall of House of Usher, which ironically is a great series on Netflix right now, and I haven't seen that yet. I'm on episode three. It's really good. Ah, then I'm gonna check it out. I've heard, yeah, I've heard the both the good and the bad. Um, you took you took them both, and there you have Fall of the House of Usher, <laughs> the one with Charlotte Ray. No, because the world never seems to be living up to your dreams. <laughs> yeah, well, you're dreaming about the the House of Usher not falling, falling on you. I'm hey. falling in love with the House of Usher. You know, this house fell on me. Well, so I started watching. We sell it. <laughs> I started watching the Vincent Price Fall of House of Usher, and I was like, wow, this is actually really good, especially for Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. It looked like a real movie. Mm. And then I just started to go. 
I started to go further and further down and watch The Pit and the Pendulum oh. and The Mask of the Red Death. Oh, that's my favorite. And uh, and then one I turned you on to, The Raven. <laughs> and Tales of Terror, which takes a real right turn. Oh, my God. I want money. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Peter Laurie. Yeah, uh, all of the all of these movies were like they're Vincent Price and Peter Lorre, well, well past their peak. But man, still good, but still, still good. really good. Yeah, you know, out the, of. I'm sorry, you go first. You go. No, first. no, no. I know. I was going to ask you, out of that run, what was your favorite? What's the? Oh, from everything that you've just mentioned. From the, yeah, from from that whole. There's also the haunted palace. There's premature burial. Mm-hmm. Um, there were like seven or eight movies. Yeah, I think I've seen like five, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's funny because someday we could talk about what I haven't seen in horror and you'd probably be shocked, but because there's some things that I haven't seen, but that's that's for another conversation. It, you know, um, I always I always was preferential to The Mask of the Red Death. Mm. I always thought that that, uh, I thought, I thought, you know, I always liked Price when he was um, the villain. You know, yeah, he's 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 full he's a, on villain in the Mask of Red Death. If you've ever seen um, House of Wax, yeah, really, I mean, I think I think Charles Bronson is in it as well. And uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, that may have been a 3D movie back in the 50s. It was. It was one of the first 3D movies, which is why a guy comes out with a paddle ball for three minutes. <laughs> I remember seeing that at AMC yep. in the 90s. And I was like really into it. And then the guy's like, well, look at this. This is in your popcorn now. Ah. I was like, what? Why? And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, I was 3D. It was like it was like SCTV. It was like Doctor Tongue's 3D House of Stewardesses. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I uh, yeah. Which uh, last year I was going down Friday the Thirteenth and I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Three in not 3D. And just every now and then somebody just looks at the camera way too far. You know, my my favorite from that movie is um, he's got that guy and the the girl's looking for him and Jason's holding this guy. He's got his hand over his mouth. And he's just like, and she's just like, Paul, Paul. She walks away. All of a sudden, he just takes his head, he squishes it, and the eye comes right out. Yes, in 3D. Worst, worst, worst eye ever. The worst, the worst 3D effect. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So that's how House of Wax. Great. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get off on a tangent. Uh, That's the whole. That's the whole point of the show. We're gonna mention a lot of horror movies that we didn't mean to talk about in this episode. But you know, you know what I love uh, the most about Price, mm-hmm. and I think um, when Price is a villain, he's a damn good villain. Now he was in um, he was in the Last Man on Earth where he's the hero. Oh yeah, good. That's a classic movie. It's weird. I mean, it was remade as the Omega Man, which is a better movie. And I Am Legend as well, which was a worse movie. <laughs> Don't tell Will Smith that. He'll slap oh him. yeah, I, I I have no patience for Will Smith anymore. Oh well. Anyways, so um, the thing is, is that uh, <laughs> I love Price as a as a as a villain. I don't think that uh, that he's. Uh, I don't think he. I I, I think th- when it comes to being a villain, his his acting, it's just it's just 
It's just there's something about him that's just like, I'm not only a prick, but I'm a sadistic prick, and I'm going to make you suffer, you know? When he's when he's like in the fall of the house of Usher, or when he's drinking with Peter Laurie in Tales of Trilogy of Terror or Tales of mm-hmm. Tales, Tales of, of Terror. You know, it's almost he he's almost I don't know. It's just like he doesn't have that edge to him. I love that evil edge that he had. You know, he's just he's such a bastard at something. <laughs> Well, that was one of the things that impressed me going through the the Edgar Allan Poe movies, because once I once I did like two of them, I was like, okay, this is going to be a formula. It it's pretty much the same castle set every single time. Oh, cool. it's like they moved the staircase from the left to the right, and that's all the set they did for the movie. But I loved how Vincent Price <laughs> played a different type of character in every movie, because Maskeradesky's pure evil. Uh-huh. All of the House of Usher, he's just like deranged, and you slowly realize it. Right. Um, the haunted palace, he goes from a hero to a villain because he slowly goes crazy. Uh, and like he plays a real range in these movies. <laughs> but you're right, Mask of the Red Death is like his utmost. First, first of all, it's a weird movie to watch post COVID because oh yeah. the idea of it is the worst idea you would ever have during a pandemic. It's like. Why don't I invite everyone to my castle and lock the door and they can just make out all the time? You know, let's just have an orgy. There's no social distancing. There's none. In the mask of the red death. You know, it would be socially awkward to distance. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yes, around Vincent Price. But yeah, and that's all I could keep thinking during the party. I was like, get away from each other. Everyone breathe on each other. And he just he just goes around making random people animals. You know, yes. He's like, you remind me of a sheep. Be one. Because like, and every single one of them are like, okay. And then he's got, I think, the guy who's uh, the dwarf, and he whips the guy who's the gorilla or something like that. Oh, that gets weird. That's there's real like, there's a whole subplot. Okay, we we've taken a turn here, um, and I'm okay with it. I. Not really into it, but I'll watch. Um... <laughs> yeah. And then I love it does what most of the Poe movies do. When somebody goes crazy, there's just a lot of colored lights. Oh, yeah. I would. Yep. It, it's funny. We were watching. We were watching one of those. And uh, it's like every one of those movies, because the time was made, <laughs> turns into an episode of Batman. And Jill was, Jill was watching Vincent Price. She was like, he would have made a great Joker. And I was like, he was Egghead. He was egghead. He was part of the Adam West Batman. You know, he always had that like kind of nasal kind of thing. He was he was great. Yeah, and, oh and really, really underrated actor. I was so I was watching. Uh, I saw some movies that weren't quite as good, but he was always interesting. I watched mm-hmm. like Scream and Scream again. A lot of the British movies, Scream uh-huh. and Scream again. Right. Um, a theater of blood, which is a really weird one, where he's he's a bad actor that decides to murder everyone that gave him a bad review. I think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's 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 weird. And Diana Rigg is in it as mm. his daughter. Um, and then I I just saw a really bad one today that I I I don't even recommend for being bad because it was just real <laughs> cringy. There's a movie called Cry of the Banshee, that and is- 
it's about like the witch trials. And at first I thought it was the witch finder general, which I've heard is a good movie and I didn't see, but it's like a British movie about the witch trials and man, is it rapey? Oh, there's just like that 1970, like clockwork orange. There was a bunch British of sexual was- revolution where they could start showing boobs and they just like, they just keep grabbing women. And I'm like, none of this is cool. There's, there's a, there's a movie with Christopher Lee. That's like that. He plays like the, uh, he plays like this like magistrate and he just he just basically enjoys torturing women. What's the name I, of that one? Me... I can't remember it. Ah. Of course, well, as soon as the podcast ends, I'll think of it. Yeah. And well, of course, because I, I always have like three or four movies in my in my various streaming lists, and I don't know what they're about. Because there's one called The House That Dripped Blood. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah. I, I I'm like, I need to get to that one. Yeah. I, you know, but um, yeah, I just there, there's actually um, when uh, I, I don't know if if maybe with with actors when they when they've reached a certain part in their career, but there was a movie with uh, a very very young. You probably saw this because you're a big Nicholson fan, called The Terror. Oh yeah, and Boris Karloff. Yes. Well, it, the story behind that is they actually. They finished the Raven early, so they had Boris Karloff and Jack Nicholson hanging around, and they used the same sets. Oh, I did. like just go make a movie, which is why that's not a good movie because there's there's no plot. There's just it's just Nicholson and Karloff hanging out in a castle. I remember renting that from the video store, being "Ooh, it's Boris Karloff. This guy played Frankenstein. It's gonna be good," you know. But then again, you know, hey, look, you know, you know, hey, you know. Mr. Karloff may have said, hey, this is a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Nicholson is in The Raven. And if you ever wanted to see Jack Nicholson act wooden, <laughs> like you want to see a 25-year-old Jack Nicholson who's not that good, The Raven is what you want to watch. The Raven or The Terror? Uh, the Raven. The Raven. The Raven. Yeah, because they it was he was hired for The Raven. And then they were like, ah, oh. oh, we'll just make another movie. We'll call it The Terror. Because Karloff... The Raven, I really like because it's it's wow. I think Tales of Terror is funnier and more interesting. Tales of Terror, the second story, is the funniest damn thing I've ever seen. Vincent Price repeat. Well, that, that thing is just like those those types of movies back then. Like the other, like I was just flipping around on TV uh, on the TV before. There was, um, oh my god, like back then. I guess this must have been a seventies thing. Peter Cushing did a lot of these movies. Uh, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, something something like that. You know, it's just like, where it's just like five people walk in and like, and there's a guy there and uh, and he did, they pick a card and it's all these like, you know, uh, like five different, you know, macabre stories. Almost kind of like a creep show type of thing. Yeah, I like anthology. Love. You and I watched one called The Monster Ball. The, yeah, with yeah, the, and it was like uh, John Barrymore and Vince Price, and they were all really old. It was like in the eighties. Remember, you showed me that you you and I was you, you came over, and uh, you you uh, you put it on, and I was just like, wait a minute, I've seen this. I just like I re- this is a movie like back in the day on Channel Nine at eleven o'clock at night. You know, it was like, you know, like. Uh, you know, the Mets game would finish, and this is what would come on. It's, you know, it's what, so funny whenever you... Finish, fi- followed up by another. 
it's so funny. Channel nine. Yeah. Was this has this reputation in New York? It was WR was one of the local stations. There were three main ones. There was there was Channel 5, WPI uh WPIX eventually turned into um the WB, and then the channel five turned into Fox. Channel nine turned into nothing. <laughs> and it was always lower rent stuff. Like Yeah, it was just like uh I remember there's some Abe Lincoln show on there. Remember that one? No, I remember. I do remember the Richard Bay show though. Oh, that, like, that hurts. Yeah, it was like it was like Channel Nine like came out of Jersey while Fox and, and Channel Eleven came out of New York, and you could tell the difference. But Channel it was 11, like Channel Eleven had had Magic Garden. Channel Nine had Steam Pipe Alley. Oh, ow. So uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. The. Uh, <laughs> The thing is, yeah, yeah, Channel Nine was like I remember one time, one time the Mets had finished Mets again, right? The uh, well, they had the Mets. Channel Eleven was the Yankees. Channel Nine was the Mets. Yeah, like, Channel Eleven had the good team, and you know, the Channel Nine had my team. <laughs> you see my point? Yeah, but it's funny because like they had like 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 after the Mets game was done, they'd put on like 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 fifteen minutes of Benny Hill. Well, one time I guess the guy took the tape that wasn't censored. And I oh. put one of my first pair of boobies on Channel Nine after a Mets game. Is that but, why you followed the career path that you did? You know, <laughs> because somebody working in the automation of a network accidentally put boobies on. Were you like, "That's the guy I want to be"? You know, well, you know. oh, I got stories about the people who I know who've worked in that industry. <laughs> and so this is not the forum, but um, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you on the DL. But uh, <laughs> this is that. Uh, yeah, but Channel 9 was the channel. <laughs> yeah, Channel 9 was the channel where you'd expect to see Roger Corman movies. You know what is funny? Channel 5 at like at like 3 in the afternoons, I remember, used to have the Hammer films on. And whenever Dracula was on, I'd switch to Channel 7 where they had pro bowling. And I'd be like, be like, okay. Was this a, during the week? Let's see. No, this was Saturday afternoons. At oh, three. on Saturdays, yeah. Because during the week, during the week, it was all cartoons that sold you toys. Right. It was either Mar- it was like it was like Inspector Gadget and He Man were on. Correct. And it's so funny because like we would, uh, I'd be like, let me see if this guy makes the spare. Okay, he made the spare. Let me flip back. Ooh, Dracula's still on. Let me go back. You know, just like kind of like, it was just funny, just like because because like yeah, Channel Nine really had the shit. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Channel Nine was like they were flying by the seat of their pants. They were the first ones that had Howard Stern. Well, that was good. That was it was good, and it wasn't because it was like it was it was like his attempt to do a TV show on a radio budget, and then it like it didn't last, and then he ended up just going on E and just putting cameras in the radio studio, which is what he still does now. He was like, it. "Why am I making two shows?" But the Channel Nine show was all like weird stunts. It was like but, there was a guy who could blow smoke out his eyes that couldn't. I mean, do you remember like they had the uh, the head injury club for men? Yeah, I yeah I remember they had uh, Adam West <laughs> teaching superhero class. Oh God, I remember that one. Yeah, it was Channel Nine was freewheeling, man. You know, they had, you know what? But they had the God. Did they have the Godzillas? I feel like they had more of the yeah. Godzillas. And after Thanksgiving, the day yeah. like. Day was uh, King Kong, Mighty Joe Young, and Son of Kong, not in that order. Mm. And the next day was King Kong versus Godzilla, which I thought was kind of a ripoff because 
it had King Kong the first day, but then there was Godzilla versus Megalon, and then Godzilla uh, Mog Monster. Godzilla versus, Godzilla versus Megalon was one of the greatest uh Sands theaters that's lost to time because Toho <laughs> will I, not allow it out anymore. Did you see that link I sent you? Uh, yeah, yeah, they, there's a bunch of them there. I didn't know Mystery Science Theater did. I was a teenage werewolf. I didn't know that either. I've seen yeah, that. it's in the later Mike years. Oh, and that reminds you, I sent you an email. I feel like this is how this is how we're reporting current events on the show. Hey, that email I sent you. Um, <laughs> Mystery Science Theater is now going to launch a Kickstarter for the next season. Mm. And it's going to do the same, the same as last year. Depending on how much money they get, that's how many episodes they'll make. I hope it will be funny. I enjoyed that last season. It was it was a weird toss-up. Like, there were rotating hosts. But then some were good. Some, I mean, Mystery Science Theater, as much as I love it, it's always a toss-up. Because if the movie's bad because it's boring, it's a hard show to get through. The movie has to be redeemable in some way, shape, or form. The movie's got to be stupid. It can't just be bad. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think the, the biggest hits they've had recently are when they've done kids' movies, like Mac and Me or Munchie. Munchie, yeah. That's a good one. Mac and Me. Yeah. Oh, and Munchie. Yeah, this is almost jumping topics, but Munchie reminded me a movie that I always wanted to see when we were in high school. Yeah. Uh, we were in current events, and we had, we were, had to get a subscription to the New York Times. And the only <laughs> thing... I remember about the New York times for that whole year, which was like, at that point it was like the later Reagan era, early Bush era. Yeah. Uh, all I remember reading about were uh, record reviews and movie listings. Ooh. And I remember very clearly sitting in current events class, like everybody did just flipping through the paper and not listening. Right. Of course. And there was one page that the posters stuck with me to this day. And it was two horror movies, and they were only playing in Manhattan. They were not. They were not playing in Brooklyn Queens at all. They were both like in Times Square when Times Square was a place we were told not to go to. Uh, it didn't have an M M&M and M store there. Let's put it that way. It had an S and M store. <laughs> Very good, sir. Well played, my friend. Well, played. I doff my cap to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but there was there were two movies. One was Evil Dead Two. Yeah, and yeah. I always remembered that skull with the eyelids. I remember oh, yeah. sitting sitting at current events. I was like, "Why does the skull have eyelids?" And what? that made me want to know more about it. And the other one, which uh, I found this week and made you watch, uh -huh. was Sorority Babes at the Slime Bowl Bolarama. Oh my! Which I still say is one of the best titles for a movie that does not live up to that title. There's actually a, there was some sort of movie that 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 that. Uh... Took the sorority babes thing. It's a sorority babes and the dance of thought of death. I watched about eight minutes of it. I was just like, I'm out. Yeah, sorority babes at the slime ballorama was like it was like scream queens and some had come from porn. It, yeah, right. And it was yeah. like it starts out being Porky's, and then it seems like it's going to be a, like Dawn of the Dead because they because they break into a mall that has the bowling alley, and right. then there's a genie, and that's where the whole thing goes right off the rails and the genie's the worst puppet i've ever seen in a movie i mean the funny thing about this this movie the movie I, there must have been something in the late 80s where they just loved going to like puppets there was a movie gargoyles 
gargoyles that was or hobgoblins no it was hobgoblins hobgoblins, hobgoblins is a mystery science theater episode theater too but yeah, well, yeah there was ghoulies there was critters you know what it was it was all it was all it was all gremlins it was all because of gremlins that's right gremlins was such a big hit that yeah. like all these the full moon entertainments and the canons of the world oh my god were um all these movies and they were just and just except for the first gremlins i mean they're all the they're not that good no. I mean, even the second gremlins is crazy I don't think I ever watched this. Oh, movie. this! Oh, you got to see the second Gremlins because uh, I recently read about it that it's five years after the first Gremlins, and that's because Joe Dante kept saying no, okay. and he said, "Well, I'll do it if you let me do whatever I want." And then the whole movie is just as Looney Tunes screw you to Warner Brothers, where they it's they're like they're. It's the Gremlins are in a high rise in Manhattan, and John Glover, great character actor, John Glover, mm-hmm. is playing Donald Trump. Oh Jesus! And Christopher Lee's in it, <laughs> and he starts experimenting on the Gremlins. And there is a brilliant Key and Peele sketch about how uh, how they're brainstorming the Gremlins, and the first thing that comes to anyone's mind, he's oh, <laughs> Jordan's like that is in the movie. And every single thing is in the movie. That's I th- I've seen that sketch. That's yeah. Just, yeah. Gremlins two li- Gremlins two lives up to that. Gremlins two is it's it's the sequel I really love. Where like it it's kind of like Beneath the Planet of the Apes or mm-hmm. Batman Returns, where they're like, okay, we're gonna make another one, but we're going right off the fucking rails with it. Mm. I I love movies like that. You know, it's just like it's it's funny because like sometimes I'm a little different. Like like I I sometimes tend to sh- to shy away from a sequel because I'm afraid that it's that it's going to take away from the original. See, I always think it's world building, and I think it I, because I come from more of a sci-fi and superhero background than a horror background. So I always think the sequel is going to make the world more interesting. Oh, you, they're gonna like Empire Strikes Back. You're going to introduce new locations and new characters. And new designs, and it's gonna be it's gonna make the first movie bigger. But then <laughs> horror horror fans are the worst let down by sequels. Easily. Cause, yeah, because I also watched the other franchise that went down was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, and, no. Oh right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. Well, first of all, you're talking about McConaughey number yes. four. Yeah, well, they're all crazy, but Four takes the cake, and then after four, you get to reboots, and I wasn't going that far. But two, two was another one of those movies, like Batman Returns or Gremlin 2, where Toby Hooper came back 10 years later, and he's like, I don't give a fuck about nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, like, takes place in a radio station, yep. and and there's, like, a hippie that has a metal plate in his head. Mm-hmm. And the, the the cook who's in the first one is willing ch- is winning chili contests because he's putting people in it like Southern Green and Dennis Hopper's running around with two chainsaws. Yep, yep, yep. And you think, okay, this has gone off the rails. This is crazy. But I then TCM. Yeah, but then you get to Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, where they gave up and just tried to make Leatherface Jason. And this, believe it or not. It's not good at all. And it's got the guy from Dawn of the Dead who he's like, he shows up kind of like Dawn of the Dead where where he's like, he saves the couple, but 
we were we were watching this. It was like Leatherface attacks this like yuppie '80s couple, right? Right. And they're all like bleeding and bruised, and they just get away from Leatherface. And the guy from Dawn of the Dead shows up, and he's like, "I'll help you." And he gives them pills. And he and the guy, they're like a scene later. The guy's like, "What did you give us?" He's like, "Oh, I gave you some painkillers. They'll make you sleepy." And I was like, okay, well, he's in on it, right? He's like the hitchhiker in the first one where you find out his family. No, he was honestly right. trying to help. And then, so the couple goes to sleep in the woods and the movie forgets about them for 15 minutes. It does not use us as a plot to kill them. Then they wake up and they're like, what happened? And in the meantime, it's 10 minutes of the guy from Dawn of the Dead fighting Leatherface who gets like this giant golden chainsaw and by the way, in the family this time, because the family changes every time, Viggo Mortensen, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, is in the is in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. I remember that. That's that's the one I missed. It's real not good, and it was the one I couldn't find, and then it popped up on Max last week. Mm. But man, then you go from that to Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the original title, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. That's right, with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and I thought, okay, it's going to be like Viggo Mortensen, where it's like, oh, this big actor, you know, this is his break, and, you know, Renee Zellweger's like the final girl in it. But no, that movie's all Matthew McConaughey. It really is? He literally, you know, you know how each one of those movies has like a big dinner scene, like a cannibal scene, where they're all tied to the chair, and they're all like torturing her? Literally, literally, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, they go to that scene. Matthew McConaughey walks in and says, all right, all right, all right. Yes, he does. He had that catchphrase in the 90s. From Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's his I'll be back. This was a future Academy Award winner. Yes. All right, all right, all yes. right. Yes, before he was selling Lincolns. You know, that's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know? How to lose a guy in 10 days and failure to launch. Yeah. How to lose a limb in five minutes is Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. Entertaining. <laughs> Back in the 90s, I remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah, 90s but, is not a good era for horror. I, I think uh, we we had a – you and I did a podcast one Halloween where we tried to figure out the best – Best. The best decade for horror. Best. And we came – it was between the 30s and the 70s. And the eighties, the eighties was a contender. The nineties didn't even make the list. Oh no! I mean, there's been some recently. Did you see Talk to Me? No, you've been recommending it, and it's not free streaming yet. And also, uh, well, Jill saw the trailer and she kind of noped out of it. Okay. So it's, it's going to take some coaxing, but it's also one that you have to pay for right now. Yeah, it's like five bucks on Prime. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, ah, I'll give it. it I'll give Netflix. it a few months. It'll be like on free on Peacock or something. I thought it was going to Netflix or something. Anyways, yeah, we'll try, we watch no. it on Netflix. It's funny because like, um, there's uh, and I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Is this like a lot of times like when I talk to people about horror movies, I feel like especially folks who are younger than me. And and this is not me being like, oh, you know, I've been watching horror movies, you know, for forty years or anything. There's nothing to do with that. Well, a lot of times it, it's almost like, all right, here's the thing. When I was a kid, right, the thing was was that 
I watched the movies of the 70s, right? But then there was the movies of the 60s, all those Hammer films. Yeah. But then, take it even a step further, you go back to the 30s, you know, and if you were really, really into the horror, you'd go watch the silent movies of, you know, Phantom of the Opera. Nosferatu. You know? I don't know if it's just me, I, you know, just maybe I'm an old fart. Probably, yeah. The thing is, is that, like, sometimes I wonder, like, especially, like, with, like, because we live in a world where there's so much to watch and so much comes out. It's almost, it's almost like, did you see this? No, my God, I got to you, you can get, like, you know, eight different dec- recommendations for things every day from, like, eight different people. The thing is, is that, like, it's it's like I wonder like 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 with horror as it is now, like like when people say like like classic horror, you know like are they talking about like going back to like Scream or the yeah. or the Blair or, Witch Project, which are really the only things like, I can point to in the oh mind. classic you know and and look. Like I said, like I, I talk to to the guys at work about about scary movies all the time, and and the thing is, it's just like sometimes it's just like, have you ever seen you know Curse of the Werewolf, and it's just like it's just like, I haven't heard of that one, huh? How about Tourist Trap? No, okay, let me try another one. Um, well, that's the thing. It's the like must die. No, the no, beast I'm must not- die is pretty great. The beast must die. You told me about where. It's like an interactive movie where they're like, where it go, and it begins going like, who they're like it it begin uh it begins by like who do you think the werewolf is, and then they like show all the characters, and then the middle movie the movie pauses and it goes now do you who do you think is the werewolf, and they show all the characters again, and they have a stopwatch. <laughs> yes, and it just ticks. Okay. We will take the werewolf break, you know. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, but I don't know. It's just like there's some, it's something about about horror that like, you know, you you see something, you watch the whole anthology, you enjoy it, you move on to something else, you know. But it's just like I, I wonder if I wonder if like the like like the um like the, the the parameter for horror movies today, for seems for for me, seems to be two words: jump scare. Oh, I hate jump scares. I, you know, I, I, yeah. I mood. I want atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I want some sort of like compelling monster that that you know is not just going to jump up and you know you know yeah. do something horrible to somebody. And no, it's just like. I think sometimes that's why I sometimes feel like a certain separation in like when you watch the uh, the movies of um, you know the Vincent Price movies when you watch the, uh, the 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 Texas Chainsaw Massacres you know even today I was just like I was just you know going on YouTube and I was just like oh yeah Wishmaster I'm gonna watch the lawyer scene that was fun. Yeah, you, know, you turned me on a Wishmaster about three years ago, and I think I yelled at you on that podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, well, I think we're we're in a we are in a place where I think we're both because first of all, we have streaming, which we didn't have before. I mean, you know, uh, you wanted this to hear about two aging Gen Xers, 
you know, you know, in my day, we went to we went to the local video store because Blockbuster hadn't come in yet. But you and I, you and I used to go to the video store and just walk up and down the aisles and point to stuff. But now it's like now, now you somebody tells me about something like like, uh, you know, I heard like last year I heard about Vampire's Kiss actually on Dana Gould's podcast, uh-huh. which is the craziest fucking Nicolas Cage movie you will ever Nicolas Cage do. And within five minutes, I, I had it because I went to just watch and I was like, well, who has it? Okay, here, play. And now I'm watching it. The access is, is incredible and the content's incredible. Yeah. But, um, and I talked to, you know, like I work with 20 year olds and they've heard of all these movies, but they haven't gotten to them yet. Wow. And I think with yeah. the big franchises, we went reboot crazy in the aughts. And I think that diluted a lot of these franchises because I cannot think of a horror franchise that was not rebooted in the aughts. For every single one of them. Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Amityville Horror, House on Haunted Hill, like My Bloody Valentine, Your Grave. You know, Prom Night, movies that didn't make money, Black Christmas. These were all rebooted. And, yeah. and especially the Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, Rob Zombie redid Halloween. So, yeah. you know, there was uh, the Jackie Earl Haley, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Everything was redone in the aughts. That's but right. I also think now, I think we're actually in a good place for horror. I hate the jump scares too, but like we got Jordan Peele, you know, we got Mike Flanagan. Yeah. We got some good people making horror. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Oh God. Yeah. Guillermo is incredible. He's amazing. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Crimson Peak. Yeah. Crimson, I just rewatched oh, Crimson That's probably Peak. the most beautiful movie ever. One of the most, I mean, he's probably the most beautiful filmmaker around. Yeah, beautiful I, and, and creepy. He's like, he's like, it's all, like he picked up where Tim Burton left off. Yeah, basically. You yeah. know, and I, I discovered uh, Guillermo del Toro through Hellboy, but then I went back and watched everything, like, you know, Mimic, Devil's Backbone, Pan's um, Labyrinth, and um, and now it's like a new one comes out, like Shape of Water. I'm like, okay, let's go. His Pinocchio was phenomenal. There's, a, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like, um, Look, the thing is, is that there's always going to be cheap, bad horror. There was cheap, bad horror in the 70s, the 80s. I remember like the other day, I was just going through some cheap, bad horror in the 80s. I came up with The Pit. Well, yeah, The Pit you showed me and I almost hit you. You know, there was... That was Canadian as all hell. (laughs) There was The Pit. There's zombie, uh, zombie rock and roll nightmares, trick or treat. Rock and Roll Nightmare is pretty good. Rock. Trick or Treat, you and I saw in college. In college. Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne. And Gene Simmons, oh my God. You know, it's just like... That it, was a whole run of like heavy metal horror movies. Because heavy metal was bad, evil, devil, shit like that. Well, because of Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath used, you know, horror movie tropes. Yeah, so yeah. then horror movies started using heavy metal tropes. You know? Black Roses, that's a pretty awful movie. Have you ever seen the movie Black Sabbath? Yeah, it's great. It's a very Italian. Karloff's in it as a vampire. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I've also heard Black Sunday is good, but I haven't gotten to it. You know, Black Christmas is actually a really good movie. Black Christmas was fantastic. You know, I was shocked by how good that was. Margot Kidder's in that. And then Olivia de Hussey's in it. Yeah. You know, she uh, she's a great actress. You know, it's the uh, it's funny. It's just like my wife and I always just that we make fun of her. Hello, hello, mm-hmm. hello. 
And it's just like, it's just like, you know, there's a guy, you know, he's, a, you know, you know, Raven pervert on the end of the line, the other end of the line. Well, that's the thing about that movie. That movie has no budget. <laughs> that movie's just like one house. There's a killer in the attic. That's it. What makes that movie so scary is that guy's voice. That guy's voice go, goes right through me where he's like, oh. Billy, Billy. Have you ever seen uh, What a Stranger Calls? Talk about a guy's creepy voice. No. Oh, What, what? a Stranger Calls. I always get that confused uh, with uh, Play Misty for me, which is a Clint, the Clint Eastwood movie. What a Stranger Calls. Carol Kane, 1970. Oh, I yeah. Seven. Have you checked the children? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, I think I've seen the trailer for it. it it's familiar. It's familiar, but I don't think I've seen the whole thing. <laughs> Brian, uh, Brian, Brian Hennessy, I think is it. Is that his name? Old actor from the seventies. Uh, the guy who plays the uh, the uh, the uh, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's re- he is creepy as shit. <laughs> they actually did a reboot of it in the nineties. Cute girl had the biggest eyebrows ever. <laughs> okay, this is not Carol Kane. <laughs> not Carol Kane, but <clears throat> this girl did a she did a great job. She did a great job, and the guy that they had is the killer. He was also creepy as shit. Take a drink of water. Hold on, you talk. Yeah, well, I agree with you about atmosphere. That's what I go for, and uh, because I like. Yeah. You know, I also find like when I was a kid, I, all the, all the slasher movies that I was scared of, yeah, like they've been dulled because now when I watch them, first of all, I'm older, time has passed it by, but also movie techniques have changed where I just go, oh, that's latex, you yep. know, oh, that's a blood pack, that's a squib, and it, it's not nearly as real. And I've learned something about myself with horror is, for me, it has to have a monster because it has to have something that will never happen. <coughs> Mm-hmm. You know, like I cannot watch true crime. I can't, I, I can't do it. It just freaks me out. Right. And I, um, one of the things I ran into, and I think you and I, uh, you've recommended this. Everyone's recommended this movie to me. It was green room. And I almost couldn't oh, handle it. Green room. Green room is fucked up. It is Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart as a white supremacist. And that's why I wanted to see it. And Anton Yelchin, <laughs> man. Anton, good movie. It's a great movie, but scary as hell scary and as gory fuck. as fuck. And it's yes. just like, it's just people trying to kill you. Yeah, and well, almost I, everybody dies. They right. kill just about everybody. I got a question for you. Yeah, there are usually there's five usually like I don't want to say genres subgenres of horror. Okay, but if you if I had to ask you to rank these, okay? Yeah, yeah, read them all out. Flasher. Monster, paranormal, supernatural, and psychological horror. Which one? You, you said monsters your favorite. Monsters my favorite because um, you're always going to have like the creature design, and that like I'll, movies live or die on how cool the creature design is. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, coming from like a sci-fi, like I was like I was more of a Star Wars kid than a Dracula kid. Right. So, like, the monsters that are, like, designed like aliens, I really love. We just watched um, there was a double thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was a double feature in town um, in the local theater in Hollywood Boulevard, the, a theater that we frequented. You and I have gone there. And mm-hmm. they did uh, 
Dracula and Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I hadn't seen, I've only seen Creature from the Black Lagoon like once or twice. Creature from the Black Lagoon is great. I, yeah, you know what? I think it though, a as a movie, great. as a movie, it's okay. As a character design, it is phenomenal. It's, it's the best monster suit ever. And I mean, it's like just I, a suit you want to look at. Oh my God. Do you know swimming in that fucking thing? Yeah. The one guy just swam in it and shot the underwater footage. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that yeah, that movie's ridiculously for the time. Yeah, so so I would say I would say horror and then it's like then paranormal and supernatural because those lean towards monster. Those are just monster movies without a monster design. Right. You know, like ghost movies. Mm-hmm. You know, um we watched Ghost Story, which was a pretty interesting movie. Ghost Story, yeah, sure. In 1981. And it had really? the had the the guy, the lead in it was the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Like the love interest for Heather Lagenkamp was the only thing, oh. other thing I'd ever seen him in. And then it's like Fred Astaire's in it. It's like crazy. And like John Houseman is in it. Yep, yep. Did you ever see a movie? It's a, it's really, it's not a movie. It's actually an anthology. It's called uh, Terror in the Isles. I think it was made in 81, if I'm not mistaken. You know what? I remember the VHS box of it. You know? And there was another movie. Oh, my God. What was Terror in the Isles? You ever seen Fade to Black? What was it? Fade to Black. No. 80s movie. Kid is totally into um, horror. Gets a little bit too much, in, I guess, into the horror. And, uh, you know, shenanigans uh, ensue. I don't want to give too much away. Well, you're reminding me of uh, a movie that we were just a little too old for, that there be- it became a huge cult film later, which was Monster Squad, which was um, Shane Black wrote it and Tom Holland directed it. Who oh. Tom Holland did Fright Night, um, and people love that movie now. It was the one where like it's Dracula and Frankenstein and the Mummy mm-hmm. attacking kids, right, 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 and they couldn't Universal pass, so they had to change all the designs. That's Wolfman's Got Nards. That's the, that was the trailer. You know, it's funny because it's like, like, um, like you just you just mentioned their Fright Night. I remember yeah. that movie with Roddy McDowell. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, Marcy from from Married with Children was in it. Yeah, Chris, Amanda Pierce and uh, Chris Sarandon, Susan Sarandon's brother, and uh, vampire. And 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 this one guy who I loved from the '80s. He was like my favorite like character actor. He always played like the like the stone stoner Stephen Jeffries. Remember him? Oh, is, isn't he in Heaven Help Us? Yes. He's like the kid who won't stop masturbating in Heaven Help Us. Masturbating, you know? Heaven Help Us, which was a movie no one saw but us 20 times because yeah, it was about kids in the seminary. The... Yeah, he's like the Renfield in that movie. And he gets the cross burned in his forehead like Charles Manson. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because, you know what? That movie holds up. And it, there's people that worship at the altar of Lost Boys. And man, Fright Night's a better movie than Lost Boys, in my opinion. You know, and the remake, we were the remake is great. You know, the, the remake, which is Anton Yelchin again, uh, Colin Farrell, David Tennant. It's written by Marty Noxon, who is a Buffy writer, so it's got like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer feel. It's a great movie. I tell you, the more I see Colin Farrell, it's 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 amazing because I remember him making like Miami Vice, and I'm just kind of like, I mean, I mean this. The guy is a, is a solid actor. I mean, well, well, the two things that blew me away in the last couple of years from him were uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. Oh, yeah. Irish film. He's fantastic and playing against type because he's like a meek. He's a meek oh. character in it. And then, uh, oh. did you see the last Batman movie? The Matt Reeves Penguin. Batman. Penguin. 
He yeah, he's under a ton of makeup and he's great. There, there's talk about you mean that's Colin Farrell. That's impossible. Yeah, there's talk about uh I don't know if it's because it's Warner Brothers, they they've been canceling everything. I don't know if they killed it or if it's still in development. They were gonna give him an HBO Max series. Ooh. Just Colin Farrell as the penguin running the mobs in Gotham City. I could go for that. That sounds cool. Yeah. It was either gonna be that or um the Commissioner Gordon. Mm. Um with Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright, who's a, another great actor. I got a movie for you if we mm-hmm. I just watched this the other day. The um, it was it was uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe. I've seen the title. Is that, is that more recent? Twenty sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So fairly recent. I mean, Green Room is twenty sixteen. It's and it's I... a good movie. More of a mystery. But okay. Definitely some creepiness to it. That's really I thought, and it's it's funny. I was just telling my wife about this before. The actress in it, beautiful woman. She's just naked the whole movie because she's. Dangerous. You have a good marriage you know? because you preface that with "I was just talking to my wife about this." You know, well, look, I mean, the thing is, is that like you know, you know, I I, I admit, like you know, it's just like you know, was, you put the the uh, the movie on, it's like oh, TV, you know, whatever or or rated R. This 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 movie contains you know graphic images and nudity. All right, fine, whatever. We're we're adults here, and I'm like, okay, this movie was pretty graphic. Man, there's a lot of nudity, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, sorority babes at the slime ballerama kind of freak, kind of freaked me out. Like in the yeah, but that wasn't good. They're throwing whipped cream at each other, and then there's a long shower scene, and I'm like, oh yeah, the eighties, the eighties. It was like Revenge of the Nerds had full frontal nudity. We're gonna do a. That was the first time I think I ever saw full frontal nudity. I think it was in Revenge. Yeah, it was definitely was the first time. It was either that or a Monty Python animation. Right. Exactly. Oh, by the way, Cry the Banshee, which. Um, as I said, it's the rapiest movie I've seen in a long time. Um, so I hated it. Uh, titles by Terry Gilliam. Like the movie starts and there's a city, and then Vincent Price heads Vincent Price's head just slides up like flying circus. And I was like, is it I was like, is somebody ripping off Terry Gilliam? And then I looked at the credits. No, it was Terry Gilliam. It was him. Might be the only reason to watch that movie. Even Vincent Price isn't great in it. You know, well, you know, it's just like, you know, I mean, you, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is that with Price, Price really transcends so many different things. Like when you hear the end of the song Thriller, no one else oh, yeah. that except Vincent Price. And you that's kind of, that's kind of our generation's touch point. Cause I was thinking about Vincent Price. Because when I went down the rabbit hole, I was like, wow, there's so many of his big movies I've never seen. Edward like, oh, I've never seen Pit and the Pendulum. You know, um, oh, I've never seen House, House of Usher. And uh, as I went through and I was like, well, why didn't I see these as a kid? I always loved Vincent Price. And then I remembered as a kid, he was just a guy that was on TV a lot. Like yeah. he hosted the Muppet Show. He He's did a Brady Bunch. He did a Sanford and Son. Did he, did, wasn't Kermit a vampire who bit Vincent Price? Yeah, that's a meme now. Yeah. I see that all the time. And that has one of my favorite, favorite Kermit lines ever that Sebastian's been quoting. I was like, oh my God, Kermit's a vampire. There's a sketch in it um, where they're doing like a roundtable discussion uh-huh. and it's about Vincent Price being a gourmet. And he said, well, I brought, he goes, I brought, he's like, I brought, uh, He's like, I brought Louis Vansois. He's one of the world's greatest chefs. And this like Muppet chef comes up and he's like, ah, hello. He goes, and Gorgon Heap 
one of the world's greatest eaters. And it's just a giant Muppet monster with like a huge mouth. And then he eats, he eats everything. And then he eats the chef. And then he starts to eat Kermit. And Kermit goes, get away from me, you hulking creep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. so, so we've been calling each other hulking creeps in the house. For I love that. That's wild. Awesome. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, like, um, I can't imagine Vincent Price trying to try to, uh, you know, uh, make it make a little uh, like a uh, bring two points together. I can't imagine, and I, I don't think I don't think you can either. Uh, I can't imagine Vincent Price being in a movie today, style wise with um with so many jump scares it's just not his forte yeah and you know what that, that when i was watching cry, that cry of the banshee again i keep coming back to this movie i don't want you to watch um but it was like very much in a clockwork orange style yeah and vincent price was in it and it didn't feel like it fit him there he made this really good movie called madhouse I saw it on Netflix years ago, and I don't think it's streaming on anything. But he played an aging horror host who's not keeping up with the times because everything's getting gorier and gorier around him. And it was all about the air and the dignity. There is a, there's, a, you know, uh, Nika who does like the horror figures. You know, they do a lot of aliens and predators, and right. they do you know lots of Jasons and Freddy Kruegers. So they've been doing the Universal Monsters, which are gorgeous. Um, I. You know, they've done a Bell Lugosi, Dracula, uh, you know, Boris Carlo Frankenstein, Alan Cheney Jr. Wolfman, mm-hmm. and they'll, and they, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. And they'll also do a color and a black and white version, which is really nice. Oh, wow. The black, so I only get the black and white versions because there's the shades of gray that the film actually were. But they announced at, uh, at Toy Fair that the next editions are a Christopher Lee Dracula. Nice. And has a switchable head with the bloodshot eyes. Ooh. And... A Vincent Price that's just fucking Vincent Price. It's not the abominable Dr. Phoebes. Oh, wow. It's not House on... It's just Vincent Price in a suit. And the switchable head is old Vincent Price. The Tingler. Oh, the Tingler is great. Oh, my God. The the Tingler is loose in the theater. there, There is a theater that's... I think the music box. There's a theater that is going to show the Tingler with sensor scope. So they're they're gonna buzz your seats, as they should. I would pay. I would definitely pay for that. I would pay double for that. It's funny because, like, um, you know, like you you see, like the uh, like for me, a movie like The Mask of of the Red Death. Yeah, I know. Here's the thing with Price. I've always thought with with Vincent Price, and with those movies that of of that era, like the. Uh, I told you to watch one, uh, I think a couple of years ago, the Count Yorgas. Oh um, yeah. Count Yorgas were pretty intense. All those, all those. And then there was that, what's that one with Michael Pataki where he's a vampire that can't stop raping people? Oh, uh, uh, Grave of the Vampire. Grave of the Vampire. I know it's something of the vampire. I always call it Rape of the Vampire. Because yeah. that's kind of what he does. He also punches a lot of people in that movie. You know, I know, I know his son picks him up above his head and tosses him down the stairs. I like the end. <laughs> oh man! But <coughs> and his son says to him, "I don't mean you should be hauling garbage, Dad. You should be hauled away as garbage." And then throws him down the stairs. Mm. 
I was watching, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of a bunch of uh, like old stuff like recently, and um, I'm gonna. It's funny. I'm gonna, I'm this I never thought I'd be calling this old stuff, but you know, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm saying like like with with price and everything, how things, um, you know, you watch it and you enjoy it and you could see it again and again. Mm-hmm. A lot of time, a lot of times, like 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 with new movies, there's a movie called Don't Breathe. That I really enjoyed, I really, really liked, but I can't imagine sitting down and watching it again. There's a lot of films like that. There's a lot of films where I, a green room was like that. I'm like, glad I watched it. I'm never watching it ever again. There was a few. There was a, we had a good run a couple of years ago, and you and I talked about it. I think it was last year that like um, Nope was like that. Like I watched uh, Get Out a few times. I bought it. I watched Us maybe twice. Nope was great, and I don't ever want to see that again. That was it. Yep, that was it. You know, it was like it just kind of it it kind of punched you hard. Like Barbarian, great. Yeah, never never want to see that again. And the guy who wrote and directed that used to be in a sketch group. Mm. Used to be in the whitest kids you know. Um, uh, the only one I really enjoyed that I do I want to see again is Smile. I really liked that movie. That was a great movie. I liked that movie. I liked uh, Evil Dead Rise. Yep. Talk about rebooting franchises, but that one was really strong. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you seen It Follows? Yeah, sure. that's a great movie. It's a great movie. I will admit, though, it kind of falls into that get out kind of um, not get out. Don't breathe uh, thing where it's just like I've seen it. Maybe I'll watch it once or twice more. And then I'm, I'm kind of like I'm good. Yeah. For whatever reason, the other day, Jen said to me, she goes, I'm up for a movie. What do you feel like? She goes, that's oh, something, something old that we love. But not that old. Nothing from the the century sixties. We did the original Nightmare on Elm Street. My God, that is a good movie. And that I, holds up so well. I, every way. It's so suspenseful. It's that's atmosphere. Yeah. Because you you are. It does what horror movies usually fail at. You worry about those kids. And I, yeah. you know, I've probably seen it fifteen times. I know exactly what's going to happen to Johnny Depp. He's going to get sucked into the bed. Yep. <laughs> Happens every time. You know, uh, I, I I know the girl from Better Off Dead is not going to make it. You know, what? I know Heather Lagenkamp is going to say, screw your past. I know this, but I'm always tense watching that movie. I'm always yeah. really worried about Freddie showing up. And that's it's- why, and like, you know, most of those sequels are silly. Yeah. You know, and they're they're entertaining, but they're very silly. But that you're right. That it's like Tesco's Chainsaw Massacre because when when we started watching the sequels, Jill was like, "I want to watch the first one again." And I was like, "I don't know if I can do it." And first it's one, almost it's and- cliche, but I forgot how not gory it is. Yeah, it's such an ugly movie mm-hmm. that you think it's gory. You know, hey, I got two for you before before like. Um- you know, I don't know how much longer we you got. Know, you know what? Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up with these two because I, I thought we were going to talk about the one thing. I thought we were going to talk about another thing. This episode has just been like, here's 35 horror movies you should go and watch. So I want you to wrap it up with the two. All right. One personal favorite of mine freaked me out when I was a kid. It's a movie. I talk about it uh, a lot of times with friends and stuff, and family. Um, it's a movie, 1976. Supposedly, this was one of the things that influenced Stephen King in writing The Shining. It's a movie called Burnt Offerings. 
Oh, you recommended that to me. It's on my list, but I haven't gotten to it. Oliver Reed, Karen Black. Yeah, I saw Oliver Reed and Karen Black, and I'm like, well, it doesn't get more Betty 70s than this. She's got Betty Davis eyes. And Oliver Reed was crazy. You know? Um, that's a that's a really good movie. Uh, I think it got overshadowed, came out the same year as The Omen. Mm. Which we actually just watched the other night too. That holds up pretty well. That really Gregory Peck. You don't get better than Peck. No, and you know what, Richard Donner. Richard, Richard Donner is a guy that did every single genre really well. I mean, the guy meets Superman, The Goonies, and The Omen. And yeah. that's not that's not even that's scratch. Not... Like he made all the lethal weapons. Yeah, you know, I got another one for you. I don't oh, know if you. Oh, you got a third bonus one. Okay, last one. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, because that, that was kind of like two, wasn't it? All right. It was. Well, this, this was really the second one. This is the only, only good movie, feature-length movie. I don't mean TV show. The only good movie that David Caruso ever made. Oh, God, David Caruso. Session 9. Oh, I've heard of that. I didn't realize it was. It's good. It's creepy as shit. The atmosphere is great. There's a bunch of actors in it who you will recognize. I don't know their names, but you're like, wait a minute. I know that guy. You know? There's a bunch of guys in that movie. That movie is good. You know what you made me think of? And this will be my last recommendation because it's a sci-fi movie, but it's creepy as shit. It's District 9. Have you seen that? Neil Blokamp? Oh, no. Oh, it's creepy as fuck. It's about like it's about like alien refugees that are like forced to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's right. Australian, and like after that, Neil Blomkamp, he was supposed to make an alien movie next, and it fell through. I don't know what he's done since, but that movie, like that movie, just gets under your skin as it does the characters. Ooh. But yeah, but uh, what a great way to kick off Halloween! Halloween, always a pleasure. You know, you know what? In these days of post Twitter, do you want people following you on social media? Do you want to? There's, there's nothing. There's nothing on social media that people will find that's remotely interesting. All right, then you know what? That's fine with me. But you can uh, you can subscribe to the show if you're not already. You should. And you yeah, we're everywhere. You get podcasts. We're doing this ten years, and then uh, ten years doesn't seem as long as it used to. How many shows is that? Oh, seven hundred. Oh, we're way up there. Yeah. Um, but then also you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash Captain Comics, where we put trailers for stuff like this and things we're talking about. But uh, yeah, you know everything you just said there. It's true. Yeah, somebody said that. To, somebody said that in a college class you were in, and you've said that to me every week yeah. for the last thirty-eight years. I'll do it for another thirty-eight more. If God, you know, the good Lord blessing my. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Howie. Happy Halloween, Johnny. Take care.